What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. Hello there and welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. Now, first things first this week, I want to say hello to Kona, my new Patreon member, so thank you very much for joining me over on Patreon. And I hope you enjoy all the extra shows that you get on there, and the fact that you now get all these episodes without those annoying adverts. Now, for those of you who are on the Facebook group, some of you did guess this week's episode. Some of you didn't have a clue, but the guys who did guess the episode will be probably a little bit surprised by the actual outcome. So, we had a few guesses for uh, naval battles, um, and somebody actually mentioned John Paul Jones. So, this week... We are covering John Paul Jones. Uh, For those of you who are aware of your American history, um, you will be probably quite aware of John Paul Jones. He was known as the founder of the American Navy. Now, funnily enough, we are not just covering John Paul Jones this week. We are covering a very specific battle that took place within his career. Now I think it's important to give a little bit of context here for those of you who don't know who John Paul Jones actually was. Now he was actually born John Paul uh, and he was born on the 6th of July 1747 and he was a Scottish American. Okay so he was actually born in Scotland and he joined the Merchant Navy, the British Royal Navy at just 13 years old. Now this is not something unheard of at that age. It was quite common, I know we've covered it in a few episodes, but it was quite common for young men to join the Royal Navy at a very young age. Now he was very very successful in the Navy and he spent several uh, several years aboard uh, a number of merchant ships And unfortunately, he was involved on slave ships as well. So he was quite well known, well versed um, in sort of navigating and and running up through the ranks. And his career started pretty, pretty quickly. You know, he he learnt very, very fast on how to to behave on a ship, how to navigate a ship um, and basically how to sort of be more than just a deckhand you know he he really did sort of push himself forwards in his career um he was actually on a trip back from the west indies in 1768 
when both the captain of the ship and the first mate actually died of yellow fever. Um, John Paul Jones, or at the time John Paul, was the only man who was versed in any type of navigational skills, um, and he took the the ship back to back to port. With this, he actually became sort of his own captain in his own right, and he took another vo- uh, another voyage in 1770 as as the captain. Now, in this particular journey, he dished out a punishment to a crew member which was called flogging which I'm sure most of you are aware of what flogging is unfortunately the crew member who was flogged uh, passed away from his injuries now he was an older gentleman um, but he did have quite a good influence back on shore now unfortunately for John Paul when you basically murder someone who has quite a good influence you are arrested when you get back to port now he was actually arrested for his involvement his involvement in the man's death um, and was imprisoned okay but he was released and went back on you know back on sailing again the next time he went out he took a ship and he got in an argument with another crew member. Now, this crew member was actually a mutineer. There was a mutiny going on on board his ship, to which the uh, unfortunate leader, I suppose, of the mutiny was run through with a sword by John Paul. Now, he was a fugitive. Okay, he had nowhere to go, and he was not in the best position to to do anything and what a lot of people did in this time to escape the king's justice was to flee to the colonies for those of you who have worked out the colonies is modern day america and it was the 13 original colonies for the british empire when he arrived at the new the new world which is what it was dubbed when he arrived there he decided to change his name to avoid any confusion with this john paul who had committed these crimes back in old blighty so he changed his name to john paul jones so very very conspicuous and yeah that's that's the story of how his name got changed now in 1775 i'm sure many of you are aware uh, america was not very happy with the british and they started a war john paul jones was one of the first men to jump on this continental army and join the american navy the American Navy that had only just been founded. Now, America's naval career was hundreds of years behind the British, and America was very, very well aware of this during the Revolutionary War. And because of this, they made no attempts, really, to go up against the Royal Navy, because they wouldn't win. They knew they wouldn't win. So they used what we would know as guerrilla tactics, but 
on the sea. So they would pick out small boats, uh, merchant vessels, frigates, things like that, and they would attack those rather than coming up against the full might of the Royal Navy. What this story is sort of containing is a part of this that many people don't know. And to be honest, it shocked me when I found out. This episode in particular is covering John Paul Jones and his one ship attack on Britain. And yes, for those of you who are going, what? That never happened. It did. America attacked Britain on British soil. And John Paul Jones was the man that headed that attack. Now, it sounds really strange because we all think of the Revolutionary War or the American War of Independence, however you want to word it, as a battle or a a war, sorry, that was fought only in the colonies. This is not the case. It was fought in Britain as well. Now, get your heads around that because... It it was a bit of a shock when I found out that this actually happened. But yes, it is true. America did attack England. So, what actually happened and how did this progress? Now, when he joined the US Navy, he, like I said, he, he didn't go in as a admiral or, or, or very high up in the Navy, even though he did have quite a lot of experience. But he was given command of his own ship now he was expecting to be put in command of a bigger ship um, but he was actually given control of the USS Ranger which was a, a small sloop with the orders to go out disrupt and assist the American war in whatever way possible now he took this as I'm not just going to go out there and disrupt the Royal Navy merchant routes. I'm going to bring the fight to the English. Now, the USS Ranger, just to give you an idea, had 18 six-pounder guns. Now, if we put that into comparison with, for example, the HMS Victory, which we've spoken about before, uh, HMS Victory went to battle with 104 guns, uh, 30 42-pounder guns, uh, 28 24-pounder long guns, um, and a mixture of 12-pounder and 6-pounder guns. Now, this, you know, in comparison, the, uh, the sloop USS Ranger didn't really have very much firepower whatsoever. A six-pounder gun would be the equivalent of throwing rocks at, at the enemy. You know, they really weren't very successful. But nonetheless, he was not deterred. John Paul Jones had taken his ship to France to deliver a message about the surrender uh, at a certain battle um, in in the Revolutionary War. Because, as I'm sure many of you know, the French won that war, uh, not the Americans. So, I had to get my little dig in there. Uh, but no, 
uh, that's that's a joke by the way because I know when I've had little digs before people have gone mad but I think even uh, the heartiest of American will admit that without the French it would have been a very different story but I digress he left in uh, 1778 and decided to attack England now his plan was to sail up the west coast of England and towards the border with Scotland and come in at Whitehaven Bay. Now, Whitehaven was a port that had roughly 400 ships. Okay, bearing in mind he had one, and many of these ships were fully equipped, they were fully gunned. There were merchant ships there as well, and obviously coal fire ships, things like that. But if he was to get into a firefight with any of these ships, he would have lost. So, the reason he chose Whitehaven is because it's a small port uh, along the west coast. It's right up by the border with Scotland. It's not somewhere where anybody would really expect an attack. And more importantly, it was where he joined the Royal Navy which means he knows the defences of the town, he knows how everything works, and he knows how to get around the town without being seen. Because let's be honest here, these guys weren't going to go in and full attack this town. They had to be sneaky, they had to be careful, because they were outmanned, outgunned, and outnumbered. Um, So it was more of a case of, we're going to show England that, despite how powerful they think they are they are still vulnerable and nobody nobody had ever attacked england at home since the romans well since the romans sorry since the normans in 1066 romans was well before um so england is pretty much impenetrable france had tried failed spanish had tried failed portuguese had tried and failed the Dutch tried and failed. He was going to prove that the Americans could attack England on English soil. And this was how he was going to do it. He took two longboats from the USS Ranger on shore. He had two objectives. The longboat that he was in was to scale the walls of the garrison and to spike the cannons on the fortification. Now, to spike a cannon is to basically drive a spike into the cannon, okay? Essentially, where you uh, ignite the the wick... Is the wick the right word? Anyway, I'm going to go with wick. Where you ignite the wick uh, on the cannon to cause the gunpowder to, to explode and, and the cannonball to fire out. If you drive a spike into the tip of that it would render the cannon absolutely useless. That was the plan. The other longboat was to go to a local tavern or a local pub and to steal the oil from the pub to be able to burn the ships. Now, when they scaled the walls of the fortification, they found that the garrison was unmanned and the men that were there were asleep so they surrendered very very quickly because you know they were taken by surprise and not a single shot was fired 
Jones and his longboat got to work on the cannons, started spiking all the cannons so they were useless. And now this was majorly important because they weren't going to get away from Whitehaven once the British knew they were there. So to ruin these cannons meant that they could get away without being fired upon. And his other longboat decided that a pub is quite a good place to get alcohol so they didn't actually raid the pub like they were supposed to they got drunk and when they left the pub they had a little bit of oil with them but nowhere near enough when they reconvened back on the USS Ranger they realised that actually the plan of burning down 400 ships in Whitehaven Bay was not going to happen. So Jones picked a slightly different plan, and that was to burn a coal ship. There was a coal ship in the middle of the in the middle of the bay, and they believed if they could get this on fire, then it would cause the fire to spread because obviously it would be a massive blaze. Now, they did manage to get this ship on fire, but unfortunately, the British were well aware that this was uh, happening and very quick to react, and put the fire out within, you know, sort of within, I don't know, half an hour, 40 minutes. So, in other words, before any damage could actually happen to any other ship. So, there was no damage to any ships other than the coal fire ship, and again, this was such minimal damage, it was very, very easy for them to replace. Now, although this sounds like a complete failure, it did bring alarm to the people of Whitehaven. You know, they, they actually realised that, like I said, the British weren't invulnerable. They were able to be attacked at home, and had the US arm, uh, Navy, sorry, decided to mount a full-scale attack like this, there is a possibility that it could have been more successful. Now, Jones actually believed that had he have got there two hours earlier, uh, he would have successfully burnt most of the ships down. And this was due to the fact that, obviously, the lighter it gets, the harder it is to... Um, you know, to be to get a get away with things unseen. Now, he wasn't done. He hadn't. He he almost failed, or pretty much failed on this raid. So he thought, I've got a second plan. We're gonna go a little bit further up into Scotland again, back to where he's from, where he knows, and they're going to kidnap the Earl of Selkirk. The plan was. If they could kidnap the Earl of Selkirk, they could sell him or ransom him in exchange for sailors, American sailors, who had been pressed into the British Royal Navy. Quite a good plan, would uh, definitely have helped the American war effort, and would have released American sailors back into their own navy. Now when they arrived at the house... The Earl was not home. He was away on a diplomatic mission in France, so therefore they couldn't kidnap him. His wife was there, 
and her answer to these want-to-be kidnappers was that instead of kidnapping the Earl, why don't they take the silverware? To which the sailors agreed that this was probably the best thing that that could happen considering the circumstances. So that's what they did. They took the silverware back to the ship and said he wasn't there. So unfortunately the only thing we could do was basically rob the house. Now there is a story that says that this is what they did and that was the end of it. But there is another story that I have found that says that the wife of the Earl of Selkirk was a very cunning lady and although she put the silverware in a chest for them underneath the chest or underneath the first layer of silver was just coal in other words she scammed them out of a lot of money now I'm not sure whether that is true or whether um, whether the original story is true that they did they did manage to rob the house of its silverware but um, either way it's quite an interesting little anecdote uh, I think it's possible that uh, the English propaganda will have pushed the fact that uh, they didn't actually get the silverware they got coal and American propaganda would have probably gone with the other story um, that they got all the silverware so again you know depending on which side of the story you believe you would think at this point though Jones had had enough he'd failed his first plan failed his second plan and you know really he should just go back to America with his tail between his legs and a little bit of silverware but he didn't he uh, he sailed across the Irish Sea and encountered HMS Drake now this was a 20 gun vessel so a similar size to the Ranger um, with slightly more powerful cannons um, and slightly better weaponry the plan for HMS Drake was to board the Ranger and John Paul Jones knew that this was the plan they'd, they'd captured a small reconnaissance um, boat a few days earlier then found out that HMS Drake had taken on extra sailors purely to attack the Ranger board it and kill the men on board with Jones knowing this he stayed well away from the rain uh, well away from the Drake and was basically out of range to be boarded weirdly enough the Ranger with its slightly less powerful weapons and two guns less prevailed victorious in a battle against HMS Drake and this is kind of what cemented John Paul Jones in the US Navy because he had taken on a British warship in British waters and defeated it and this is something that nobody really thought was possible the French couldn't do it the Spanish couldn't do it no one in Europe could take on the Royal Navy but John Paul Jones with a less powerful ship took on the British Royal Navy in British waters and managed to make one of their ships surrender so when you look at John Paul Jones invasion of England 
um, and the Whitehaven raid, you would possibly think of it as a bit of a failure. There's a reason why this has sort of been buried from history. Because it is looked upon as quite a failure. He didn't manage to burn the ships at Whitehaven. He didn't manage to take the Earl of Selkirk. And although he defeated HMS Drake in battle, he had nothing to show for it because it was a warship. And they beat it beyond recognition. In other words, it was basically unsailable afterwards. It had no cargo on that could be sold. It did nothing for the American war effort. It was not really worth the trouble. However, from a British point of view, at the time, this was one of the worst things that could have happened. And there's a reason why the British buried this as well. Because, you know, we always say history is written by the victors. Well, although we lost the War of Independence, Britain didn't capitulate afterwards you know they still managed to write their own history and still managed to carry on going as a society so britain buried this as much as the americans the americans buried it because it was unmitigated failure and the british buried it because it made them look vulnerable it made them look like they could be attacked at home and that a navy that was really in its infancy had the capabilities to come over to England and beat the English. And this was something that scared the general public. So you can understand why this particular battle has been lost to history. But it's interesting. It's definitely a strange story. It's definitely a story that, like I said, I love these types of stories that have been buried in history. Stories that we don't hear about every day and I love this story because John Paul Jones is a very very important figure in US history and for those of you who have been listening to this and thinking I never knew the bass guitarist for Led Zeppelin had such a good history uh, you might want to google which John Paul Jones we're talking about Um, but yeah it's really really interesting and I hope you guys have enjoyed this story and I hope you guys, you know, I want you to all, anybody who has heard this story before, um, let me know, drop me a message because when I put it on Facebook I was expecting uh, a majority of Americans to go, oh yeah, it's that battle, it's specifically this. Um, And then I did a little bit more research and found out that actually Americans aren't even taught about this. So... Yeah, if you have heard about this, let me know. Drop me a message on Facebook um, or join the group, um, and just put on the little the little picture. Just say, "Yeah, I have heard about this. I heard about the Whitehaven invasion of Britain." Um, and if you haven't heard about it, again, just just let me know. It'd be quite nice to to find out how many of you guys were aware of this story. Because to be honest, until it popped up on my page and I did a little bit of research into it, I didn't have a clue. And I'm really, really glad I looked into it because I find it very, very fascinating. For those of you who are interested, uh, I have my dad back on uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, He has probably about four episodes, I think, um, that he wants to try and get done, hopefully before Christmas. 
um, and we will be doing uh, a an episode coming up very soon on Pearl Harbor. I know a lot of people last year thought I was going to do Pearl Harbor when I did the Battle of Medway, um, but I thought I would do Midway last year, but I will save Pearl Harbor for the 80th anniversary. So that will be coming up very, very shortly as well. So there are some really, really cool episodes to be looking out for. Um, for those of you who are interested in our Patreon get yourselves over there patreon.com forward slash this week in history it is five dollars a month and every single penny goes towards the podcast okay it's uh it's unbelievable how much it actually helps uh, it helps improve equipment and everything like that um so yeah if you guys can support me like that it is fantastic and get yourselves over there and like i said you will get access to all of these episodes ad free plus the bonus episodes that do go on to Patreon. So it is worth the money. But for those of you who don't have that access, then do me another favour. Do me a really, really big favour if everybody can do it this week. Take this episode, or take your favourite episode, whatever episode it is, share it with your friends, share it with your family. Get the word out. Let's spread the word about this podcast because I'm getting so many of you guys who have really, really loved it. Um, and you know I really really appreciate everything that you guys do for me I am going to have one quick little shout out before I go Um, firstly to Andy you've been bugging me for ages to have a little shout out this is one of my best friends from school Um, he's just started listening to the podcast really really getting into it Uh, sent me a message saying give me a shout out so there we go Andy there's your shout out and another one to Paul, uh, one of my regular listeners, um, absolutely amazing guy, uh, sent me some some chocolates over from America, uh, they were lovely, um, and they also sent me uh, some other bits and pieces, so thank you very, very much for that, thank you for my birthday present, um, if there, anybody is interested or wants to send me any uh, American or Australian or anywhere else in the world uh, any sweets or chocolates I'm always open for that so just drop me a message if you want to do that and I can uh, I can give you my address I'm more than happy to to try sweets from all around the world so thank you guys for listening and I am going to leave you with a song this week it is a song by Johnny Horton and it is called John Paul Jones so I hope you guys enjoy When John Paul Jones was a little boy he pointed to the sea said when I get to be a man a fighting man I'll be I'll leave my mark on the ocean and my name in history When John Paul was a member British Admiralty, he killed a sailor on his ship, which was a crime, you see. He changed his name to J.P. Jones and came to America. He fought in the rain and he fought in the sun and he fought in the moonlight too. He fought with his knife and he fought with his gun and he fought till his blood ran blue. But John Paul Jones was a fighting man, a fighting man was he. He sailed to the east and he sailed to Set America free. 
vessels to the bottom of the sea. He took their bags of treasure and he sank their chest of tea. He gave his blood for all free men and his life for liberty. He fought in the rain and he fought in the sun and he fought in the moonlight too. He fought with his knife and he fought with his gun and he fought till his blood ran blue. But John Paul Jones was a fighting man, a fighting man was he. If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. At Mattress Firm's Black Friday Now Sale, save up to 60% on Sealy with Queen Mattresses starting at $279.99. Talk to a sleep expert today and unjunk your sleep. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.